I'm Father Mitch Pacwa, and welcome to EWTN Live, where we bring you guests from around the world. Now, as most of you should know by now, today is Ash Wednesday in the Roman Rite. If you notice, I'm not wearing ashes, because in the Maronite Rite, where I was celebrating with my parish, we celebrate Ash Monday. I guess Maronites just need a little extra penance. So besides having to put up with me, they also uh, have a couple extra days of Lent. So that's what we do. And it's great to be here with you all. Now, as always, we have a great guest, and we're going to talk about trust. Now, a lot of people find trust to be very difficult. A lot of people have been hurt by something, events, by someone. And many of us also have our own desires for our lives that we strongly want to see fulfilled. We have a fear of the unknown. And all of these things together and individually can make it difficult to trust people and for many of us, even harder to trust the Lord. Here to help us address this concern tonight is a religious sister from the Sisters of Life community. She has written a wonderful prayer called the Litany of Trust. And she's recently put into book form and turned it into a 30-day contemplative retreat that anyone can do at home, all on your own or with other people. It is called Jesus, I Trust in You, a 30-day personal retreat with the Litany of Trust. So please welcome Sister Faustina Maria Pia of the Sisters of Life. Sister, welcome. Thank you, It Father. is so nice to have you here with us. Where do you normally live? I, with the Sisters of Life, I live in Midtown Manhattan, so it's a great joy to be here tonight. Oh, good to yeah. have you. Welcome to mm. uh, Alabama and also mm. to our audience. Mm. Um, first of all, your name, uh, Faustina, mm. did that have anything to do with you focusing on that prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm -hmm. You know, my mother, actually, she received a big grace when she was a teenager through mm -hmm. St. Faustina, before mm -hmm. she was a saint, a canonized saint. And so she had this deep love for her um, and had in the back of her mind what a beautiful name that would be for a child. And lo and behold, I'm the youngest of eight. Yeah. And that name was saved for a special reason. I'm very grateful. And so I grew up with that name. Um, Oh, is that right? Yes. So it's not a name that you took in uh, religion, but you, your, mm -hmm. your parents had that mm -hmm. as your baptismal name. Yes, and so, of course, when you receive it from your birth, you don't appreciate it in the same, in the same way. So um, as I grew up and read a little bit more about her, um, she was a mystical saint, all these amazing yeah. experiences. I didn't really relate to her, to be honest, at first. And then, I, yeah, I, I started to read a little bit more in depth with her diary and to really claim the name for myself as a religious when I saw mm -hmm. how Jesus loved her in such an unconditional way, especially in moments of her weakness, yeah. especially when she was afraid. And I saw some of that in me, and I saw 
yeah, her inspire courage in me to, to really look to God in the same way, that mm. he would be that way for me. Um, so, so tender, so good, so supporting, yeah, so. Well, I was fascinated uh, at first with this uh, 30-day personal retreat with the litany of trust. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the Tada, I was thinking, I don't remember ever seeing a litany of trust. Mm -hmm. And that was because I had not. Mm -hmm. This is something that you mm -hmm. yourself composed, correct? Yes. So after I had been in the comet for a few years, um, a situation arose that was quite confusing for me and I had to make a decision and it was very difficult. I couldn't see clearly and I was really praying for clarity. Uh, yet just a lot of darkness and consequences really on both sides. So I, for the first time in my life, I think I honestly asked, what does it mean to trust? And of course I had read about St. Faustina and her message of this, God is so merciful and we need to trust in his mercy. But facing a situation uh, was, yeah, quite difficult. I, I was pushing into that saying, what does it mean to trust you, Jesus? Are these just words? Is this a surrender that I can no longer use my voice and, and you know, my intellect? And am I just supposed to kind of blindly walk around? And, um, and through that experience of, of wrestling, asking Jesus what trust is, begging him uh, for clarity, he didn't give me clarity, but he gave me um, a way to trust him. And one night I was in my room praying, and there's a simple crucifix on the wall in our rooms, a, a sister. And it was kind of like a little conversation that I had in my heart. And I said, Jesus, if I could understand what you were doing and why you were doing this, then the other I would say yes. Uh, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see where you're coming from. And it was almost as if Jesus you know, without saying it explicitly in words, but in my heart um, said, you know, kind of lifting his, my chin to, to kind of look at him, you know, saying, I don't want you to give your yes to a bunch of circumstances. I want you to give your yes to me. Mm -hmm. And I felt this deep affirmation, uh, this desire of his, his heart that I would trust him. And that's what trust was, was saying yes to him and not to a plan, giving my consent to him. And no matter what that looked like, if he was asking it, that, that's, that was the gift that I had to give. I think it's very important that uh, for folks to pay attention the way mm -hmm. that it was a crisis, mm -hmm. you know, for you that led you to ask a more yes. basic question. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. does trust mean? Yes. And it's not trusting my plan, my ideas, mm -hmm. and so it's trusting the person, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. yes. This is key. Mm -hmm. And I think this is part of the, your message mm -hmm. as well, because it's not just that um, we, we come to a nice insight, say, oh, that's very beautiful. Yeah. It's in the struggle. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and it was in the midst of that struggle in that moment that he pierced through, um, and something resonated on the depths of my heart to say, this, this is what the call of the human heart is. I felt like it was almost made to trust mm -hmm. in that moment and this big desire to trust. And that's when I felt uh, this inspiration to write a prayer. Matter of fact, and if I can, I'd like to quote something from yeah. the preface mm -hmm. of your book. It's that it would seem that a prayer like the litany of trust would come from someone who perfectly trusted in the Lord. But the truth is it was given to me because I needed trust. Mm -hmm. 
And somehow I sensed that others needed it too. Yeah. You know, that you, you recognize mm -hmm. that common humanity and common human issues that we share with the people around us. Mm -hmm. And um, it was your crisis mm -hmm. rather than your success yeah. that led you to struggle with this and write. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that Jesus teaches us something profound in that because as creatures, we, we are not in control. We're often hitting those moments of our real limitations and um, there can be a frustration and almost a temptation to this resentment. Um, and yet, that's a huge opportunity of union with Christ yeah. and a breaking through a transformation of what life looks like with Jesus mm -hmm. if we allow mm -hmm. him to truly provide what we lack. Oh, that's good. What I'd like to, you know, because it's the basis mm -hmm. of your book, I'd like to uh, show a little clip mm -hmm. of you praying the litany of sure. trust. This was a video produced by Array of Hope Media, and we'll let it speak for itself. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, Deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, Deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From the disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. Now, one of the things, sister, is that you've, first of all, written this down. You've mm -hmm. got this litany with 30 different petitions, correct? Mm -hmm. But then you took it to the next step of coming up with meditations on each one of those petitions. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with these meditations? Yeah, there is something beautiful about the prayer and the, the simplicity of just praying with the, the simple invocations of each line because I think that it really allows for a dialogue with the individual, with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, it brings up things, it names things, uh, it brings an awareness, um, even in, in the silence there in that prayer. The meditations I thought would, would aid to deepen in that because there might not be a clear connection about um, what does it mean that I don't trust for, you know, forgiveness? What does that mean? You know, so just to be able to tie that into a, someone's personal life, give examples. So the book isn't meant to, to limit it, that these are the only ways that yeah, you right, would apply. Right, right, of course. But it really opens it up to help somebody apply it to their life to continue that dialogue with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, this recognition that other people have a need for trust, what 
what do you see as, well, I, in some ways, I, I think I can answer my own question. The, mm -hmm. the petitions show mm -hmm. what people need to trust mm -hmm. about. What, tell us more about what people's need for trust is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, as you were saying in the beginning, there's so much fear. There's such a strong flavor of fear in our culture, especially in these last several years. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we hear in John, you know, that perfect love casts out fear. So we think, oh my goodness, we just, we just need more love in the world and the fear would be gone and we could kind of live in a trustful, you know, environment where, you know, people aren't acting out of fear, reacting in self-protection, things. But really there's no shortage of love. God's love is abundant. He gives us his son. This is almighty God. His heart is, is pouring out. And we hear this um, in many ways in the gospels, that the rivers of flowing water, um, he's healing everyone who comes to him. So what are, we, what are we missing, so to speak? Mm -hmm. And I really think, and the experience in my own heart is that trust helps us receive this love, that the love is, there's no shortage of this love that casts out fear, that kind of secures us and brings peace and is this pathway to union with God. But trust is the missing peace mm -hmm. that we can receive the love that we are made to live and be vessels mm -hmm. of that love to others, to kind mm -hmm. of bring God's love to the, the messy situations of our life. Um, that, frankly, we want to avoid otherwise. I think that we've been, uh, I think you're right about uh, this increased fear. There's been tremendous fear uh, from COVID. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a lot of times on, in this political spectrum, the different sides encourage us to be afraid of their opponents. Mm -hmm being in charge. I mean, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll say that. Yeah. You should be afraid of them doing this or them doing that and so yeah. on. And there's, uh, then there's increased crime and so a certain fear about walking our city streets. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, there, there are a lot of areas of fear and I've also thought for a lot of years that many people have a better idea of what they don't want to happen to them. <laughs> and that's more clear mm -hmm. than the idea of what they do want. Mm -hmm. And once you focus on what you don't want to happen, mm -hmm. it becomes so widespread. Mm -hmm. And anything bad could happen. Mm -hmm. You know, a air, jet airplane could run mm -hmm. out of fuel mm -hmm. for all you know. I mean, mm -hmm. but... Yeah. What is it you want mm -hmm. is an important antidote to fear. Yes, and I think a big part of this is we, tr we can't trust someone we don't know, and we don't know what to want and, unless we find it. And, and mm -hmm. our hearts are craving for Jesus, each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. So when we spend time with Jesus and getting to know him, our hearts become alive, and the desire that kind of opens there kind of, cast away a lot of the, the grip of the world and the fear that's there. Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus in the Gospels, he doesn't speak to us like anybody else. There's no one to compare him to, you know. No. The high call that he gives to us uh, shows, yeah, shows how deeply he loves us, shows that he believes in a, a tremendous capacity that we have to love, to suffer. I mean, all these passages of you know, Luke 6, that we can love our enemies, you know, this is, this is something simply beyond us, or the Beatitudes, to live such a beautiful, generous love, uh, such a poverty of spirit, 
that freedom, only God, that's only God's, and he shares that with us. So when we spend time in prayer and have that honest dialogue with him, something comes alive in us that we are not interested in settling for, yeah, kind of a half-hearted existence of fear. And we actually are striving, we are captivated by someone. And I think that's a big part of, of trusting Jesus is getting to know him and seeing how he speaks to us and recognizing the truth of that, claiming that. Even the name of your community, the mm -hmm. Sisters mm -hmm. of Life, is to me something of an important mm -hmm. clue here mm -hmm. because you are founded as a community to promote life and a cultural life over against the culture of death, mm -hmm. correct? Yes. This is, mm -hmm. you know, very much what you're mm -hmm. doing. And so often the forces of death have cachet, mm -hmm. they have power yeah. because they're afraid, well, what happens if I do have a baby and, mm -hmm. and I don't know if I can take care of it? Mm -hmm. I, I'm afraid to bring a child into this world. It's such a mess. Mm -hmm. uh, what if I am old and I'm suffering? I, I don't know if I could take mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate yes. with you too? Yes, it is. And we see many heroic women that come through um, that yeah, very difficult situations and those are very common thoughts because it's overwhelming. They feel very alone sure. and that experience of fear isolates. It almost dehumanizes us in a way. So there's something of um, Jesus, what he's offering in the experience of trust is, is no longer feeling alone um, for sure. But mm -hmm. I think that uh, we're also invited to live it um, in a community in a very real sense, you know, like God is asking us to trust him and then to be generous in a way that he's been generous with us, with others, that allows us to be a face of mercy for others, to begin to trust God because there's somebody in their life that is, is showing them their goodness as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, part of the spiritual growth that is needed to bring about a culture of life versus the culture of death is overcoming mm -hmm. this fear of mm -hmm. the unknown. Mm -hmm. Children are unknowns. Yes. You don't know what their personalities are gonna be like. Mm -hmm. And you know, the process of dying mm -hmm. and sickness is mm -hmm. unknown. Mm -hmm. You don't know the course of it. Mm -hmm. um, these are, and yet you trust Jesus, not trust that I have a happy life right. uh, by worldly, standards, mm -hmm. but I trust Jesus in the midst of mm -hmm. this. Yeah, and what I've come to learn in so many ways is, yeah, that Jesus really is mercy, and mercy is this un undeserved love. So when I least feel like, uh, you know, coming to Jesus is a great time to come to Jesus, you yeah. know, because yeah. I realize that he, he's not loving me only when I'm good or, or only when I, I feel good about myself, right? And that's that deeply, would really it, limit it, his time <laughs> for loving me. <laughs> that was the case. Yeah, so it is, it is a beautiful reality that the more we experience it, going to confession, for example, is it a real experience of mercy that, yeah, he, he, he invites us there because we are good, not because we're bad, and he wants to be close with us. Mm -hmm. So mercy is an experience of life, of new life, of this eternal life being poured into us even here on this earth. And it has everything to do with building a culture of life. Another 
issue that I, I think goes on uh, across the board is you know, we live with other people to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. And it is not so unusual for them to disappoint us mm -hmm. and for us to disappoint them mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, you know, mess up and be a disappointment to them. And some people experience being let down, mm -hmm. uh, abandoned yeah. again and again. Mm -hmm. I, I know people who mm -hmm. their the, the parents abandoned mm -hmm. them, their kids abandoned them. Mm -hmm. How does somebody overcome mm -hmm. that experience mm -hmm. of being let down mm -hmm. sometimes repeatedly and at mm -hmm. very profound levels? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. This is a big question because it's more and more common, this experience of abandonment, betrayal, yeah. deep, deep wounds, and by people that we really were, were to be our one defense in many ways, our family, yeah. those that we've been, you know, um, given and entrusted. So it's a very deep question, and the pain is um, layers. I would say without God, it's impossible. It really is impossible. There's something yeah. that's so shattering. It really feels like a dead end. And there's a, a heavy temptation to discouragement because of the reality of our hearts were, were not made for this kind of brokenness. We were made for an eternal love, a faithful love. And so on our own strength, and, and if we kind of lean into an area of self-reliance, we, we won't find the answers there. But with a disposition of really seeking, and I love the scripture of John 5 where Jesus comes to the pool um, where the man has been waiting 38 years and he wants to be healed with the healing waters. Mm -hmm. And Jesus asked that, that question that we're kind of surprised by, like, do you want to be healed? And if we're thinking, my gosh, of course he, he wants to be healed. But I think that's something true, especially with wounds that are very deep, it is um, Jesus is arousing, kind of drawing out the desire, Jesus, I want to be healed and I need you, only you. You are the only one. Not, not something that can, I can kind of orchestrate or work towards. It's not just about trying harder. I need to come to you. You're the only one who knows the depths of my heart, the deep places of pain. Mm -hmm. You're the only security and safety that I can really share that fully. And he leads us to, to others that can help us along the journey. But really, this disposition of humility um, and hunger that really places us in a, uh, the, of the pathway towards healing through, through his love alone. I'm uh, in particular concerned about young people, uh, oftentimes who have very little contact or maybe no contact with one or other their, or both of their parents. Mm -hmm. You know, their father mm -hmm. was never around. Yeah. Um, sometimes the mother mm -hmm. abandons them. They're hurting in their own ways mm -hmm. with drug abuse and other things, and sometimes with just plain self-centeredness. Mm -hmm. And that is a very difficult mm -hmm. rejection. Yeah. Do you think people can find trust in Jesus even in that situation? Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus never leaves us in our suffering. He never does. And there's a fidelity to Jesus that, yeah, is... It's, it's unconditional. So that is a, a very brutally painful place because 
we are made to be able to see our own goodness through the eyes of another and especially mm -hmm. those who have been asked to care for us. So it is very hard. But I would say Jesus leads us to the Father. His entire life on earth was leading us to the Father. He did nothing without his Father. He was always pointing us to this Father. Mm -hmm. So in giving everything he had um, was a reflection in showing the goodness of the Father's heart, that he would come mm -hmm. and, and not spare anything, not hold anything back. Um, and this is our this is our rock of refuge. This is our mighty stronghold that we can cling to the truth of that this life is it's it's it is messy. It's not the whole story, but with Christ, mm -hmm. he he redeems our entire past, and I believe that he can redeem our entire past, mm -hmm. and he uses it for his greater glory when we give it to him. I, I must say that you know, having known a number of people that grew up in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm impressed that the most successful ones I know have a strong love of Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not easy for them. No. Life is really hard mm -hmm. for folks mm -hmm. in that kind of situation. We need the security of mm -hmm. both parents whenever possible. But and if there's a death, there's still the memory of the mm -hmm. parent that died. But if there's abandonment, mm -hmm. you know, to overcome, well, maybe I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was junk. Maybe mm -hmm. my parents couldn't love me or mm -hmm. you know, there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. The ones who overcome those thoughts mm -hmm. are the ones who learn to trust in Christ. Mm -hmm. This has been a very, very real issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, in their lives, and I see it again and again. Life's still hard, mm -hmm. but yeah. they really do overcome yeah. a lot. And we, there's no God like our God. I mean, when we are suffering and we really feel a deep pain in our heart, and in some ways unconsolable, when we go to Christ, and specifically go to Christ and read the Passion, I mean, we're in the, in the Catholic faith, we have the huge gift of the Station of the Cross, mm -hmm. and rather than being some you know, pious reading, we encounter a love of a God that is real, that has suffered, that suffers with us and for us. Right. And there's something extremely grounding in that, that, okay, yeah, <laughs> things haven't resolved. Um, you know, I'm still experiencing pain and there's a road ahead, but there is somebody that's with me and somebody who carries me sure. and who is not going to leave me. There's still a, a, another area where trust comes in. And that is when people may have uh, you know, more, more normal growing up and more mm -hmm. secure and safe growing up uh, or not. But they come to a point where they're trying to figure out what do I do with my life? Mm -hmm. yeah. And do I you know, uh, jump into marriage? I, I think a lot of people postpone marriage today mm -hmm. or a decision about religious life or priesthood mm -hmm. because there's sometimes a bit afraid, well, what if yeah. a better option comes <laughs> up? Maybe this mm -hmm. is, how do I know this is the right person for me to marry? Mm -hmm. How do I know this is the right order or what I mm -hmm. should enter? And, and there's a fear Mm -hmm. that some people have to let go mm -hmm. of what they have and leap into God's arms to go ahead and follow a vocation. Mm -hmm. 
that's another yeah. important area. Too. Yeah, no, I, I definitely experienced that. So that's a very real, <laughs> real experience. Um, I think what is so helpful in, in going forward and making decisions is, and, it, and this is definitely tied with trust, is we need to know where we're going and what, what do we really desire in life, you know? Because mm -hmm. it's not so much mm -hmm. what the decision's about, but more how are, what's the criteria in which we're making decisions that we really, at the end of our lives, can look back and say, I, I made a, a life that I don't have regrets, you know? And in the beginning of life, maybe we're living for comfort or we're living for adventure, we're living for things. But as a young person, that don't, won't satisfy us. And so there's something beautiful about saying, okay, what do I really want? Can I dig low deep what I really want? And when we sit in the silence with the Lord, um, he, he, he speaks the deepest desires of our hearts and he can help us discover um, how, to, how to view the world without fear and the future without fear because we know where we're going mm -hmm. and that, that criteria will help us mm -hmm. to make those decisions in peace. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, sense that um, some people almost get stuck mm -hmm. if they don't figure out their vocation mm -hmm. by their late 20s. Mm -hmm. It, they, they can get kind of stuck. That some of them uh, remind me of 10-year-olds who go up to the top of the high dive and then they look down too long mm -hmm. and they get yeah. too afraid to go ahead and jump. Mm -hmm. So uh, th th this is mm -hmm. something else that takes mm -hmm. a lot of trust. Yeah, I think... It takes courage. It takes courage, I would say, to have an honest conversation. I think a lot of people are afraid to have this direct conversation with the Lord and say, what do you want? Because they're afraid to listen. Because what if I don't agree or, or, or don't want to do what he says? But the mm -hmm. courage to mm -hmm. actually say that question to the Lord, the courage to listen, it really is freeing. I experienced my own life. I was like, oh, I don't think I'll be happy as a sister. But when I heard Jesus call me and I said yes, I was like, I felt like I was discovered. I was like, oh my goodness, this is who I am. It was an experience of being found mm -hmm. and free and, yeah, it, completely uh, what you I have, wanted. Do you have a lot of complaints about being in religious life? <laughs> Usually about myself, no. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I love religious life. I love being alive. Yeah. I'm hungry for each day. It's really living at the heart of the matter where... I, I get to wake up and say, Jesus, you know, I belong to you. And um, yeah, there's something really beautiful about looking at the world with an eternal perspective that religious life so easily puts yeah. us in that place. Yeah. 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 You know, this is uh, something, because you, it hasn't been too long since you took your vows, right? I took my final vows in 2018. Okay. Yeah. It was just yeah. four years ago. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift. Gift, yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you take a look at this, uh, making a, a commitment, because that's what mm -hmm. vows are, mm -hmm. whether it's marital vows, mm -hmm. you commit yourself to that one person mm -hmm. and he or she to you. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in religious life, we take a set of vows that include not only poverty, chastity, and obedience, but also following the rule of our particular mm -hmm. order. Mm -hmm and the, the charism that mm -hmm. God has given our community and presumably to us. How does this issue of trust help you live out yeah. that commitment? Mm, that's beautiful. 
Well, trust is really, it supports um, the freedom to give my life fully and generously. I think a lot of the fear of a human heart is that uh, kind of I'll be depleted, you know, or there won't be enough of, to, to do everything that I'm being asked or I won't be able, no one's going to look after me or, or, or things like that. But trust really allows us to not be too concerned about ourselves, to let God take care of us, to keep our eyes wholly on Him. And if He says, okay, you're going to go here, you're going to do something you've never done before, I can, I can hold to His Word and not worry about the rest. It gives me mm -hmm. a freedom to really dive in, to, to dive in generously and deeply. So I find it very freeing, very freeing, yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> you know, I want to let the audience know that if you are interested in finding out more about this litany of trust, you can go to the website sistersoflife.org, sistersoflife.org, and then you put a slash litany dash of dash trust litany dash of dash trust and it's posted there correct yes yeah. so that somebody can take a look at that and make that a prayer and, yeah. and again I think that it's important in your book that you took each one of the petitions mm. of the litany mm. and made a whole meditation because there's mm. A lot more than just saying it, we need to reflect. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. And we want to get some of your questions and comments. So please stay with us. Welcome back. Before we get to Sister Faustina and your questions, we want to bring your attention to a new movie that is coming to theaters, which I guess are opening up again. And it'll be in the theaters this Easter. It's a true story about a Catholic priest, Father Stuart Long, who was a boxer that became a Catholic priest. This movie stars Mark Wahlberg. We urge you to check it out. Let's take a look at a clip of it. Six years ago, I'm at dinner with two priests from my parish, and Father Ed keeps talking about Stu's story and Stu's journey and who Stu was as a person. And this is a real journey of a real guy that I think can really touch people who may have lost their way. And from that point on, it was my mission to get the movie made. Stuart Long was a boxer from Helena, Montana. He was successful at everything that he had done. He just thought, I'll go to LA and I'll make it. And he realized this is not happening. Hey, did I see you on a television series? You do movies? You don't work in the entertainment industry at all? No, man. He really fell in love with this incredible woman. She introduced him to God. I can't date someone who isn't baptized. 
I thought you was gonna say Hispanic. Where's the water? I'll do it now. Then he had an accident. And he felt like he was touched by God, which was the catalyst for him now being so extremely committed to serving God that he was actually gonna dedicate the rest of his life and become a priest. But then in the seminary, he found out that he had a rare genetic disease. As his physicality started to deteriorate, his spirituality started to soar and made his mission to bring hope that much more clear. The way he approached it, embraced it, and realized that this was an opportunity for him to help other people deal with those same things and encourage people to be the best versions of themselves. This is a passion project for me. I wanted to honor Stu's legacy, and the courage that he had, and the conviction that he had. Stu was a fighter. He was a messenger. He was Father Stu. So this movie, Father Stu, with Mark, starring Mark Wahlberg, will be in theaters beginning April 13th, right around Easter time. So be a great faith-filled movie. And we don't have a lot of those. It's good to support them when they come out. Ready for some calls? Yeah. Let's start off with Maria. Maria, where are you calling from? I'm from California. Welcome. Thank you for calling in. What is your question? Is there a relationship between faith and trust, and how can we grow in both? All right. Very important question. Great. It's a a question I was asking uh, as well as I started to think about these things. And, of course, in the catechism, you find the theological virtues defined, and faith is this ascent and a belief in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we pray prayers like the creed, where I'm saying, I believe, every time we pray that and, you know, really pray the, not just read the words, but pray that our, our faith deepens with that. It's a beautiful opportunity to mm-hmm. adhere closely, to choose um, Jesus again through those words and, and make a, a deeper commitment to him. Trust now is not going to be defined in the catechism, and um, even Thomas Aquinas skirts it a little bit. Um, it's more of a relational word, and yet it is tied with this because I like to think about trust as, like we were saying, this openness to receiving God's love and openness in the love of the heart, that I can receive his love, and that this is a love that defines me, but also I can give that love, and it's a unique love um, through, through the prism of my life. Now, trust is something that Jesus explicitly used that word with St. Faustina in the revelations that she received. And he asked that an image of him with his heart open, kind of pouring out the fruits of his redemption, uh, his merciful love on us, would be kind of used with an inscription that said, Jesus, I trust in you. Very explicitly, not I believe in you, I hope in you, but Jesus, I trust in you. And this is a real um, surrender of our hearts and um, it, is, it has an overlap, of course, here with faith, this, the believing in Jesus. But this is a relational term that he wants to be seen in this portrait as somebody who has a face, you know, that um, can kind of win our hearts. But mm-hmm. also this experience of, um, yeah, a real openness to being transformed by him. And, um, yeah, this, uh, this choosing again mm-hmm. of him through that trust allowing him to be God in our lives. Yeah, there's, even in mm-hmm. the biblical languages, mm-hmm. the, the connection between faith mm-hmm. and trust is very close. close. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that mm -hmm. um, the, the Hebrew word for faith, emunah, um, has this sense of being able to stand upon mm -hmm. a truth. Mm -hmm. you, you stand in, in, in faith. Mm -hmm. And to stand on something means that you trust it won't collapse. Yeah. You walk on a bridge, you trust that it yeah. won't collapse. Yeah. Well, faith is like that too. You stand on that mm -hmm. and make sure you don't. Mm -hmm. We have another caller. Um, hello, Tammy? Hi. Hi, Hi where are you calling from? I'm from a little north of Cincinnati. I'm from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Okay. And I just wanted to thank you for all your good programs and also Sister Faustina. Um, I've been thinking a lot about how we do the new evangelization and how Catholics are so unaware of the great gifts we have in the Eucharist mm -hmm. and that we have that personal relationship with Jesus that he showed us mm -hmm. in the divine mercy. And I, I'm a Gen X Catholic with, uh, I learned about St. Faustina. I actually was led to her in the 90s before mm -hmm. she was a saint. I found a picture of divine mercy before I even knew about St. Faustina. So I have a very, I really appreciate your guest tonight and I appreciate all you do, Father Mitch, and all EWTN does. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, what was your question then? Um, just about, you know, how we make more Catholics aware that we have the greatest personal relationship with Jesus because we have the gift of him in the Eucharist, mm -hmm. and he waits okay. for us in the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, great. Yes. It's true. This is the uh, unique gift that we have as Catholics, this presence of Jesus in the Eucharist that has been so transformative. I encourage people that I meet to invite a friend to adoration, actually, because I received a lot of graces through sitting in the silence with our Lord in adoration. And it's a very approachable thing. You know, they're not going to maybe a church if they haven't mm -hmm. been to in a while where they have to stand and sit and respond or get up and mm -hmm. do anything. But to sit in the silence, even sitting in the silence for 10 minutes, five minutes, it allows the heart to encounter the living God. And we walk in with faith and we say, Jesus, I'm bringing this person with me. Um, you can work your wonders. We can act of faith for them mm -hmm. to open their hearts to receive what they will find nowhere, that their hearts will want to keep coming back. Who is this God present in the Eucharist? I think inviting people to a personal encounter with the Eucharist is beautiful. And then ourselves um, being able to really be grateful for that grift to, to make time in our schedule to live that ourselves and, yeah. and pray before the Eucharist and daily mass, which is huge. I have a friend in Atlanta who uh, works with people who've been on drugs and alcoholics and stuff. And he had been in that zone himself mm -hmm. and found Christ. And he can't just sort of start giving them the catechism yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> they've got a lot more work to do. But what he does is he brings them into the adoration mm -hmm. chapel and just sits with them mm -hmm. in that presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament begins to warm up mm -hmm. their hearts that are oftentimes mm -hmm. made cold and frozen because they they can't mm -hmm. trust other people mm -hmm. on the street mm -hmm. and Jesus starts to warm them up I think all of us can yeah. learn from them mm -hmm. that we need to let Christ thaw out mm -hmm. some of the coldness inside of us mm -hmm. 
That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. We have another caller. Hello, Brenda. Hi. Hi, Paul. Hi. Where are you from? I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh, <laughs> home of one of the greatest football teams ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not too far away. Um, Not far at all. What can we do for you this, this fine evening? Well, I, w I just wanted to thank Sister um, Faustina because, you know, I did the seven-day um, litany of trust um, prayer uh, on the Hallow app, mm -hmm. and it was just so beautiful. Her voice is so beautiful. Her heart is just beautiful. And I have to, you know, say that it was just so powerful, and, and the prayer is so powerful, and the mm -hmm. book is going to be a wonderful. And I just want to encourage people who have had hard lives, which mm -hmm. I've had a very difficult life, mm -hmm. and I didn't make my life very difficult, you know, mm -hmm. easy on myself either after my difficult life. Mm -hmm. But I have been transformed through the trust of, of, of God and, and, and Jesus, and, and definitely um, through the passion. And mm -hmm. from that, I have been healed and transformed mm -hmm. and have amazing, glorious, happy life because of it. And I just want to, you know, encourage people who have had really difficult life. Mm -hmm. I've had one of those and it was terrible, but it can be so wonderful. And this has been a blessing. And I just mm -hmm. thank God for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that, mm -hmm. Brenda. Mm -hmm. Sister? Yeah, thank you. No, it is a beautiful testimony that you have, Brenda, that God is going to ask you to share that because there's an authority when Christ has touched something and changed it that you know only God could have done that. You know that this place that may have been death or, or shattered to be healed and restored, that's a beautiful witness even without speaking to it directly that is, is given in your presence and the joy that you have of knowing Jesus is a powerful witness. So thank you for that. And I, I can only say I'm equally grateful because I feel like the beneficiary of this myself, that um, this is unlocking something that I really do believe that trust, when we trust God, nothing holds us back in this life from, from being the, the saint that God called us to, to be the full version of who we are, no matter what the circumstances are, that when we trust God, He, he can use whatever is there to unleash his love, which redeems everything. So I, I definitely agree with that. And I'm, I'm moved by your witness. So thank you. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Brenda's point about trust and in some ways, as Bishop Archbishop Sheen used to say, we, we need to find our autobiographies written in the passion of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, you had mentioned before the importance of yeah. meditating on mm -hmm. the, Christ's sufferings. Yes. And Brenda brings that up mm -hmm. too. Yes. I don't think we can underestimate that. We, yeah. you know, life is mm -hmm. hard mm -hmm. and we can find ourselves in, in, in various parallels mm -hmm. from our difficult uh, aspects of life yeah. in the passion of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm deeply consoled by it. And it is one of those things that even growing up in a Catholic family, I remember being like, oh, the stations of the cross, like, you know, you don't want to pray. You know, you're kind of scared about thinking about you know, Jesus suffering so much. <laughs> but when you encounter places of real suffering in your heart, it really is the place of refuge. It's a place of refuge. And there's different times in your life that you might be drawn to things. But, you know, Jesus falling three times the way to Calvary, you know, 
the fact that he, Jesus, Almighty God, he has, this is one mission to get to Calvary to die for us. I mean, he's falling. He's receiving help from others. And you, it's just to see Almighty God suffer the way he does and to not be discouraged and to do it for us and um, to be so generous in his love, to be so sturdy in his conviction of the Father, supporting him. I mean, when we pray it, it becomes alive in our hearts. There's a strength given to us. Yeah. Um, and it's not a feeling. It's a, it's a conviction that carries us. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a key thing uh, I, I use as an example. Mm -hmm. You know, when our, uh, you, you had mentioned uh, the agony in the garden. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how many t uh, times we come across people who are abandoned by those who should love them, mm -hmm. say in divorce mm -hmm. or you know, abandonment by uh, kids of their parents or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And to be with Jesus and bring that pain to when one of his 12 disciples, mm -hmm. one who, all of whom are now mm -hmm. newly ordained yeah. bishops, they're just mm -hmm. made bishops, and one of them betrays mm -hmm. him and shows that betrayal mm -hmm. by a kiss. And how many people who have gone through divorce mm -hmm. and abandonment by family mm -hmm. can, say, can look at that mm -hmm. and say, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's what my spouse did. Mm -hmm. She left me with a kiss and it was mm -hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very true. And I remember a difficult point in my life when I was with someone who was suffering and um, praying deeply to Jesus, you know, feeling the, like the powerlessness, the helplessness of, of pain and, and difficulty, um, which, which is such a real part of Jesus' passion as well. Um, and hearing in a very striking way, like looking at the cross again, where, where so much uh, grace comes through, uh, hearing him say something very simple to me, like he just said, you know, I actually died. I actually died, mm. you know? And of course we know that Jesus died for us, but something when, when we're suffering, we, we like, he actually, he actually gave everything. He holds nothing back. He, he held nothing back and that he would, he would give everything for us is something that needs to happen on a personal level mm -hmm. when we experience that. But it is, um, yeah, it is a unique gift that we have when we, when we take the time to, to be with Jesus in those places. It stands in a very important contrast. And a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, can pay attention to this, too. Um, you know, I have to read a lot of ancient literature and, mm -hmm. and biblical studies and compare Israel to other nations. And in many of the stories, especially among the Greeks and Romans, the various gods take on a human shape. But two things about it. One, they do so in order to do mischief mm -hmm. against human beings. Uh, sometimes rape, sometimes forms mm -hmm. of violence, etc. So it's not a good thing when the mm -hmm. gods take, they're not for our benefit, mm -hmm. it's for their own selfishness. And mm -hmm. the pagan gods are loaded with arrogance, selfishness, and mm -hmm. pride. Whereas cry, uh, the second thing is they never suffer. Mm -hmm. They always 
change their human shape mm -hmm. back to their divine eternal mm -hmm. shape before they suffer. And that's the, those yeah. two things are the opposite of mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ becomes flesh, mm -hmm. not for mischief, but to do us good mm -hmm. because we do the mischief. Mm -hmm. And secondly, he goes through everything, including gestation, mm -hmm. all the way through crucifixion. Mm -hmm. you know, this is all a very important part of mm -hmm. the distinctive mm -hmm. quality of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's moving. It should move our hearts that Jesus, you know, loves us to this degree. Um, I love to think about, you know, this is a culture, too, that is lacking in friendship or, or knowing how to have friendship. Yes. yes. And I think Jesus teaches us in a beautiful way, um, so much more than friendship. But, you know, when you have two people that are learning how to be friends and, you know, one person finally shares something that's difficult and you feel trusted when somebody shares that. And then yeah. it brings the friendship to a deeper level. And then you yes. feel comfortable that you can share something. And you realize who really cares about you, you know, how they receive you. Are they still friends with you if you're suffering? And when, what we see here with Jesus is that he shows us his suffering. He shows us his suffering and he invites us into a deeper friendship with him. And then it gives us the courage to share with him, well, Jesus, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And to see how he accompanies us is is so beautiful it's really beautiful and, and it's on the night before he dies yeah. that he's for the first time he says I no longer call you servants mm -hmm. but friends mm -hmm. yeah this book is called Jesus I trust in you a 30-day personal retreat with the litany of trust it's by sister Faustina Maria Pia of the sisters of life and it is item number 1448 at EWTNRC.com. That's a good thing to have. Also, I know that many of you are as moved as I am by the plight of the people of Ukraine. It's horrible. And we should stand with them. If you want to send aid to Ukraine, the best way that we know of here is to do so through the Knights of Columbus. They're doing an excellent job. It's K-O-F-C dot org slash Ukraine. K-O-F-C dot org slash Ukraine. They'll get the money to the people that need it. Thank you, sister. and Thank all of you. May Almighty God bless you and keep you, cause His face to shine upon you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we can bring Sister here along with all of our other guests and programs only because this network is brought to you by you. So please keep us in between your gas bill, your electric bill, and your cable bill, and we'll be able to pay all of our bills too. Thank you and God bless.